0: Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show.
1: Classic
0: hits. We do first want to start off Obviously, the decisions being made by Nefit. Who are Nefit? Everybody wants to know who are Nefit. It's a group of people who are advising the government. Um, they consist of civil servants, uh, an expert, an immunologist as far as I know, um, there's people in there, medical doctors. Um, there's I, actually I'm not too sure. Maybe a little check for a second. But I think there's 15 people in NEFED. I think there's about 14 or 15 people in NEFED, right? I give you the list of people you can go online and see who they are. Um, but they're not all medical experts. There are groups of people. There are a group of people from different walks of life. Um, all different people. But many people have been suggesting that NEFED needs to be changed because it's the same group think. If you've got a group of people in Nephit who are paranoid, for example, they're going to keep making the same decisions over and over again. And the reason I'm saying this is because Mark Woolhouse, who is a professor of infectious disease, epidemiologist, a uh, very intelligent man, and a member of the scientific pandemic influenza group in the UK, was a member of SAGE. Now SAGE is exactly the same as Neffet, but in the UK. That's their version of Nephit. He was an advisor to Donald Trump, or not to Donald Trump, <laughs> to Boris Johnson, of similar similar ilk uh, to Boris Johnson at one point very recently uh, during the lockdowns. He's now come out, as many people are now coming out, qualified people. And these people are no less qualified than the group of people who are in effort. If anything at all, some of them are more qualified. And he has said at, a, at the time he talks about when Britain went into lockdown, the same time as Ireland in and around uh, the start of March there. At the time I agreed with lockdown as a short term emergency response because we couldn't think of anything better to do. He said it was a panic measure and he now said it's a monumental mistake. And I'm quoting him. He says, I believe history will say trying to control COVID-19 through lockdown was a monumental mistake on a global scale. The cure was worse than the disease. He said, I suspect right now more people are being harmed by the collateral effects of lockdown than COVID-19 itself. This is why, he said, we can't listen exclusively to public health officials. So what he's saying is we shouldn't be listening exclusively to particular individuals, i.e. nefit. that nefit should change, that the advice given by that group of people may have been good at the start. And I think everybody agreed at the start because we didn't know what we were dealing with with COVID-19, that everybody was agreeing. Yeah, that's probably the best solution to do. Let's close it down. Let we figure something out here and see how dangerous this is. OK, we all accepted that at the time. We now know, and we have the data, as was pointed out today by Professor Maynooth, uh Paul Moynen in Maynooth, um And he said, we now have the data. We can now see that the mortality rate is nowhere close to what we predicted it was at the start. In fact, it's a lot lower. He said it's probably less than a half a percent. If not, he said he was even suggesting even lower than that. That would make it only slightly more dangerous than influenza. Sadly for those people, when it came first, of course, of those people in vulnerable groups, they were affected more than anybody else. Uh, The elderly and those, of course, who had serious underlying conditions, generally over the age of 80. The median age of people dying was 84, I believe. So today, here's the situation. This is what I want to talk to you about. I mean, we, we, we mentioned earlier on, we were talking about the fact that Stephen Donnelly, our Minister for Health, who's turned out to be quite unpopular, it seems, by, by all accords, uh, to most people online. Anyway, certainly, I've seen a lot of uh, bad vibes going online in relation to the way he's dealing with this and the way he's portraying this. But he suggested almost three times in the last 24 hours the word lockdown, national lockdown. And he was told last night by the COVID committee, uh, the Oxis COVID committee, not to be doing that because he doesn't understand the mental effect that's having on people and the effect it's having on business. Um, but he continued to do it, and again, our professor Fubiniu today, like many others, uh, including uh, Michael McNamara TD, who is ominous today, who is the chair of the of the COVID committee, don't believe lockdown is the answer. That lockdown does more damage to society. That the idea that you know everybody says, "Oh, but your lockdown worked the last time, so sure, the cases came down." That's a correlation. That's not a causation. It's a correlation. And somebody made a really good point. <laughs> And I'm going to read this out to you. It was on my Twitter page. I'm sorry for holding up our callers, Angela and Jeremy and everybody else there. I'll come back to you in a second. But somebody made a really good point today in relation to the word and how to understand the word correlation rather than causation. And basically what he said on Twitter was, um, when Donnelly said, we know lockdowns work, he was using a post hoc ergo propter hoc fallacy. Okay, that doesn't make a lot of sense to most people. But anyway, he says, here's an example. The rooster crows immediately before the sunrise. Therefore, the rooster causes the sun to rise. Do you get it? In other words, just because the curve dropped after we locked down doesn't necessarily mean the lockdown was the reason the curve dropped. Because if you remember, we locked down, and for two or three months, many people died. In fact, the cases went up and deaths went up. And then it dropped down, the same as it did in every other European country, And every European country had a different type of lockdown. Some had no lockdowns or very little restrictions like Sweden, for example. But yet their curve did exactly the same thing. So the point that he's making is that lockdown works. We will never know. And if you remember, the modelling they used to predict how many people would die was completely way off to justify it. At the very start, we were told without lockdown, hundreds of thousands of people would die. With lockdown, I'm sorry, but at least 10,000 people are going to die. That didn't happen. 17, over 1,700 people sadly lost their lives. But out of that, we've now been told that probably 500 of those didn't die of COVID-19 at all. And the, re- the rest of them, the majority of the rest of them, had underlying conditions or serious underlying conditions. So the, for the majority of the vast population of the country, COVID-19 wasn't really a death sentence and wouldn't be a death sentence. For over 99% of the population, COVID-19 won't be a death sentence. So is a lockdown a complete overreaction But that's what now many experts are saying, except for Neffet. Ireland is the only country in Europe that hasn't opened the pubs. Now, I know you're saying to me, Niall, they're only bleeding pubs. I know. And I don't even drink. All right, I don't drink, so I don't care about particularly whether I can go to a pub. But I do care about their businesses. And I do care about the economy. And Ireland is the only country that will not open the pubs. Now, I understand we have a... Strange relationship with alcohol, but so do the UK, and so do many other countries. So I want to ask you, do you think the government are making the right decisions? Do you have faith in them anymore? Maybe you do. Maybe you believe this is the only solution. It was revealed today that pubs that do not serve food will not now reopen on August 31st. They were told they could. They will now not open August 31st. This is the third time they've been put off opening. And this won't be considered for at least two weeks, according to Neffith who are unelected people. Remember, they are advisors to the government. The people who make decisions are meant to be those you voted for. Stephen Donnelly, Mihal Martin, um, I was going to say Andy Kenny, Leo Varadkar, Simon Harris, everybody else, all those people. They're the people you actually voted for. You didn't vote for Neffet. Neffet are advisors. They're unelected people, just like the chief medical officer and the deputy chief medical officer. They're unelected people. They're there to give advice to the government. The government don't have to take that advice. Acting Chief Medical Officer Dr Rona Glynn said this evening that now is not the time for them to reopen their doors following a recent rise in COVID-19 cases. Ireland is not exclusive when it comes to a rise in COVID-19 cases. And think about this logically. There are many reasons. Pardon me. There are many reasons why the cases have risen. We've got me factories, which are, well, they never actually closed, but me factories which have cheap labour, most of them, food factories, food processing factories where people are working very close together. They're the main reason. Then you've got the very fact that people are now close together again. People are meeting up or going to pubs or going to restaurants. Well, not all the pubs, obviously. Um, they're meeting up in family dues and having relationships and back out doing things. You would imagine actually cases would be a lot higher, but they're not. So people are back living some level of normality, not the normality that we expect or that we sh- we were entitled to. So people expect that. And the other reason is, of course, that we're now testing a record number of people. And many experts believe that not only do we, we don't have 25,000 cases, we probably have a multiple of four of that. That as we speak at the moment, across the country, thousands of people actually have or have had very recently COVID-19. And most of them don't even know they've had it. They might have got a headache one day. They might have got no symptoms whatsoever. Because that's the way this virus is. It only shows symptoms in those who maybe at that particular time have a low immune system. So the point is that if you test more people, logically, if we say the predictions are right and many people have it and we don't know that, we're essentially looking for people with the, with the virus. So your tests are, your, of course, your tests. Cases, your case numbers are going to go up. But the main thing to consider here is the reason we were told that lockdowns were essential was to reduce the, uh, the pressure on our hospitals and our frontline workers. And I know you were all out giving them a round of applause every week. And well done to frontline workers. It's their job to save people's lives, by the way, and to be in those positions. And well done to them. I wouldn't do it. But that's their job. They chose that as, the, as a career. They haven't been under pressure realistically the hospitals were never really under a huge amount of pressure when you consider every winter season, for example, in this country, people get coughs and colds and flus and all sorts of viruses and they're under much more pressure and they will be this Christmas again. Of course, during the flu season, they'll be in, under huge pressure again. Right now, as we speak, as far as I know, today's, this morning's figures were four people in ICU. Four people in the whole country of five million people with suspected COVID. Maybe two of them do, maybe two of them don't. And to the families of those four people, it's a very tough time. And I hope they pull through. But four people in a population of five million people. Does that justify what we're going through? You have to ask yourself that. And if you believe it does, I'd like to hear from you. If you believe it doesn't, I also want to hear from you. Now, the drinks industry lobby group found that bars are open in all other member states. Thirteen countries, including Italy, have all opened their bars since May. A further ten began trading again in June, uh, one earlier this month, while two nations never closed the sector at all. Ireland is the only country in Europe with these strict measures. The only country in Europe. And we're the smallest. We should be able to manage it much better than anybody else. 60% of Ireland's pubs have been closed since March the 16th. The others who serve food... Since June the 29th. And in that conversation, by the way, with the Chief Medical Officer, Deputy Chief Medical Officer, they brought up the nine euro meal situation, which has turned into a joke or somewhat of a joke that the nine euro meal is a cure for COVID-19. Neffet never, ever advised a nine euro meal. That was the government's decision when they were making up the guidelines. I don't know who made the decision and what the reasoning behind the decision was. I think it was just to prove they were serving food. Now, the Drinks Industry Group of Ireland, which represent over 14,000 businesses, are calling for a bailout for the sector. Because I can tell you now, they're not going to survive. They're just not going to survive. If this goes on for another two or three months, your favourite pubs will be gone. They'll all be gone. Because they will not survive this, unless the government are going to bail them all out. And the government can't continue to keep bankrolling businesses. That's your tax money. It'll be gone soon. If we continue to do this, we will have no money for a health service to save people's lives. And not just from COVID-19. Remember, COVID-19, when you take it to the percentage of people who die in Ireland every single day, COVID-19 is probably only 1% of people, not even 1% of people that die in this country or have died in this country over the last six months. Many other people have died. ...from other diseases... ...and they will die next year... ...if we don't get them into early intervention... ...and we've no money... ...and no business... ...and no economy... ...we'll have no money for the health service... ...we'll have no money to pay doctors and nurses... ...we'll have no money for transport... ...we'll have no money for education... ...we will have no money for anything... ...we will have no jobs... ...unemployment will be at an all-time high... ...there'll be poverty... ...there'll be despair... ...people's lives will be a misery... ...mental health will suffer... ...suicide rates will go to the ceiling... Do we really understand what we're doing to the citizens of this country? There's a thing in life called trade offs and I've talked about it before. And we have to consider. And that's not what Neffet are considering at the moment. And what Mark Woolhouse clearly said when he made his statement. That he said these public health advisers don't consider trade offs. In other words, in life constantly, there are trade offs. And the best example I gave was in relation to cars. Nine people so far this month have died in car accidents in this country. And nine people have died also of COVID-19. We're making great restrictions to stop those nine people dying of COVID-19 in the future. But we don't stop the cars from running on the road. And you can say, well, that's not contagious. Well, people who don't drive cars are affected by car accidents because they get run over. So we don't take the cars off the road because we believe that the economy has to run. People have to get from A to B. So the point is, there's lots of other trade-offs I could talk about in life, by the way, but we just, there's no point, we don't have the time to go through them all today. But the point is that we accept the trade-off and there's trade-offs all the time because as a species, as human beings, we don't just live biologically. We live to enjoy ourselves. We live to enjoy freedom, which we fought for for thousands of years as human beings. We have the intelligence to enjoy that freedom. There's been 93 confirmed cases of COVID-19 and again today, no new deaths. The mortality rate is at practically zero and not going up. Tonight, I want to know if you think the right decisions are being made by the Irish government. Do you agree with them or do you think Ireland is now being overcautious and too cautious at the behest of the people? Or maybe you're happy that Ireland is being overcautious when it comes to this virus. I want to get your thoughts on this. Do you agree with the decisions being made by the government right now? Let I me mean, you know what you think. The number is 87 That's 87 Did you have a bet on Kevin tonight, maybe? Angela, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Angela?
1: Well, damn you, Niall Boylan. Damn you. What? You've changed my mind.
0: What? What?
1: Yeah, open them up.
0: Oh what you were going to say? Close them, were
1: you? Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> you're yeah, me in tears there.
0: What? <laughs> we
1: what? need to open them. We what? really do. Why are you crying? Oh, it's just—it's so hard for everyone at the moment. Oh, it is. So hard and. Yeah, you've you've changed
0: my mind. I don't want to change people's minds. I I want to hear people. I I okay, Angela. Pretend I said nothing, and tell me the yes. reasons why. Firstly, I know you've changed your mind. That's fine, okay. But tell yeah. me the reasons why you believe that we should continue with this overcautious approach.
1: Um, I suppose when you have parents who are older, you know, like both are seventy four, and you have. Because get together, and you have a sister who has severe breathing difficulties, and a nephew who has, you know, asthma as well. Now they're both fine. There's, you know, it's 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 not like they're, you know, they've got it. But it's pure worry, Nile. It's pure worry. But you know what? I think, like you said, I've been listening to all the wrong people listening to all the wrong people. And I staunchly said, I think it was three, three, four weeks ago when they said they were going to hold this down. I was like, no, keep everyone, you know, keep the pubs closed. It's going to cause this. It's going to escalate. It's going to. But you know what? As you say, it's going to escalate whether we open the pubs or not.
0: And and there'll be peaks and troughs. Yeah. Just, by the way, and I'm not comparing it to the flu when I say this, but just like the flu and just like every other virus, you will have a time where it'll go up. I'm mean, The swine flu is an example for the way it disappeared for a few years, then it came back again, then it disappeared, then it came back again. Yeah. And, and they had a, a major outbreak of the swine flu, although it was over exaggerated slightly back in America in 2011, I think it was. And they brought out a, a vaccine for it, which didn't work too well. Um, and it's still there since the 1970s. What I'm saying is that eventually at some point, many of us will have already got it. And hopefully, hopefully the the evidence will show that we we can't get it too often. I don't believe there'll ever be a case that we can't get it again because I think immunity does wear off naturally. So we can't get it too many times. And realistically, I understand what you're saying about your mother and father and elderly people and people who have underlying illnesses. But throughout time, everybody who's been elderly or underlying illness has to be careful anyway. I mean yeah. I, I mean this is just an added worry and I understand that it is an added yeah. worry because it's another virus it's another group of people unfortunately yeah. that will probably pass away. Yeah. Um to the but I mean every person we all know that we have mortality. I mean and we're not immortal. We live on average till 82 years of age if we get past that it's a bonus for everybody. Yeah. And we know at some point some either some disease or heart failure, or virus, or bacteria—the smallest things, living things in this world—are going to kill us because and that's it's a what happens.
1: I of Niall. That when it's your time, it's your time, and I do believe in that.
0: Mm. I, I, I don't want to see anybody go before their time. By the way,
1: no. You know, and, and you know, none of us do. But
0: and the government uh, has a duty, by the way, to protect those who are vulnerable. But yes. locking down a healthy society, no. yeah. generally speaking, healthy society. Yeah. And, and not protecting individual people or individual vulnerable groups is sinful. I mean, that's what we did at the start. We locked down society. And we, we actually, when, the, when the, the, the nursing homes decided themselves to not allow visitors in, for example, because they didn't know what to do, they just panicked and said, listen, no more visitors. The government turned around and said, no, open back up again. Let the visitors in. Yeah. They actually yeah. did the opposite.
1: Yeah. No, I know because I suppose if you look at it as well, on the the prisons, let's let's just look at their side of things. I think Mountjoy, um up until last week who had one case in the Dokus that she was brought in, Mountjoy I think were the only um prison in Europe that didn't have a case
0: of mm-hmm. it.
1: And that's because all visiting was stopped.
0: Yeah. So the only yes. risk they had would be prison officers, yeah.
1: Yeah, with prison officers and a lot of that had to do with the prisoners as well. They were saying themselves, "No, everyone stay out." Like, but I suppose getting back to it, as I said, I was like, "No, no, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna spread more." But like as you say, with me, if I am paranoid and worried, then all I do is don't go to a poll. But I don't
0: surprise... I'm not surprised that people are paranoid and worried. And I'm, yeah. d- I'm not talking about people who have underlying conditions or those who are vulnerable yeah. because unfortunately they have a reason to be worried to some extent. Yeah. But I'm... I, and, and by the way, can I mention, even if you are or you do have an underlying condition or you are in a vulnerable group, the chances of you, you know, your life ending with COVID-19 are slim yeah. to none. It yeah. just happens to be higher than everybody else. Yeah. Right? So th- even, the, you know, those people who are, say, over the age of 80... The majority of 80-year-olds, the vast majority of 80-year-olds who actually got COVID-19 didn't die. Yeah. And, and they. But that's not something we're told on a regular basis. We're only told the about th- the ones that die. Some
1: of them probably didn't even know they
0: have it. No, exactly. And actually, they were trying, uh, when we spoke to that Swiss immunologist, they were trying to figure this out as to mm-hmm. why, like, if COVID-19 got into, say, a nursing home with 30 people in it, right, who were all over the age of 80, why is it that only half of them got COVID-19 and the other half didn't? And they're yeah. trying to figure this out and they put it down to the fact that maybe they have natural immunity through some other virus, could be SARS-CoV-1 or whatever, but yeah. they may have some sort of natural immunity because they couldn't figure out why everybody didn't get it. Yeah. You know, yeah. But that's, that's, that's up to scientists to figure that, immunologists to figure yeah. that one out.
1: Well, just to, just to give you a quick one on that of two people that I know of who got it. Um, one, Joe, kind of um, very athletic, very fit, You know, doesn't smoke, has a few drinks, all of this. And then the other one, the complete opposite. And it's the guy who was the complete opposite sailed through it. And the guy who was the fittest struggled.
0: Yeah. I think, well, it affects, it depends on your your own personal immune system. And it affects everyone differently. And the majority and the vast majority of people will get zero to very mild symptoms. Yeah. The vast majority. So, yeah. but get, but so getting back to the decisions that were made today in relation by Nefit, that firstly, Kildare is not going to open up um, and those businesses in Kildare will have to suffer longer. And those people in Kildare will have to suffer longer uh, till next Sunday, I believe. And even then, we're not sure if they're going to let them back out again. It's almost like they're in kind of some sort of little mini prison there. And, yeah. and then you've got the pubs who were promised the last time, oh, look, we we'll let you open on August the 31st. And now they're saying no. They're saying, and we're not even going to consider it for another two weeks. We're the only country in Europe who are not making headway.
1: Yeah. Because as I said, like even on the phone there to to and I was going, no, Athleen, I'm 50-50. Keep them closed for another two weeks. But I am being very honest. Listening to you, Nile, I sat here going, Jesus, the fecker is talking sense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know. For a change. Okay, yeah. but, stay, but stay there because I want to go to Dermot as well. Dermot, are on Classic Kids. Yeah. Are you doing Angry Dermot? Angry Dermot. Yeah, Angry and, Dermot. And, I know, and I know somebody's going to start texting about your language before we even uh, start. No, no, I'll
2: try and, keep the language try and keep it down a, if, you if you can, I'll try yeah. and keep the language to a minimum if, I, if I can. Don't, I won't hold you to it, but I'll do my very best. As it is, I'm standing here, right? This time tomorrow, I was due to be on a plane going down to Cyprus for two lovely weeks in the sun. I'm looking out now on a winter's night in in Ireland, and I'm not going on the holiday because the quarantine two weeks when you come back is is too is just is not going to work. You couldn't afford really it, yeah. It. Can't afford it. So the holiday's gone. We're down about a thousand euros, and um, yeah, my mental health is fucking low, low, low tonight. Very low. I'm very depressed. And I mean that. I'm not. I'm not saying that I am. No, I n- n-
0: no, Dermot, I know how you feel, and I've been in the same situation. Yep. I mean, I went to a very... I've gone to a very difficult... I think I've told you before, personally. You here, so. did, of course. Yeah, I went to a very difficult period for two and a half, three years, and it's only life itself that makes you feel better sometimes, the and things you, know, you can do.
2: you know yeah. uh, Very briefly on that, and I've often meant to apologise to you because obviously I didn't know you were going through all the carry-on you were going through, and we were talking about a depression one night or something, and I laid it to you about... It and yeah, you and you, and
0: do you know what, Dermot? <laughs> this, is, this is the consummate professional I am. I remember that night... And you yep. said to me, you don't know what depression is like. You've never oh. experienced it. And three days before you said that, I was yeah. up on Hoth Head. Absolutely. And I might not be. I might not have been here today if it hadn't been a, for a friend not, of
2: mine. But you can't be professional. It wasn't <laughs> my fault because I didn't know. I know, I somebody, know. If somebody had it said it to me, then I would have had you. But the point I was making is,
0: you can get through depression... And, and I'm feeling it right now as well. I was only feeling it again today. You can get through depression when you have a life, when you're enjoying, when you go and have a game of tennis or you go on your holidays or you you, you go somewhere nice for a weekend or you can yeah. get away. And it, it, it does help you. But yeah. when your existence is in restrictions, be it not being able to travel outside your county, not being able to go to work, having to work from home all the time, those things do not help depression.
2: No. Absolutely. And the thing about it is, we, you know, I repeat myself over and over and over. We, we have this conversation every night. The medical people are, are doing their job correctly. They are medical people dealing with a medical issue. But they are fixated on this medical issue and nothing else matters. And it, this, this sort of is, scenario reminds me of if you go in to see a, a surgeon or, or a, a, um, a consultant about something, if you try to talk to them on their level, they look at you Then they look at you as to say, who the hell are you to tell me I'm the surgeon or I'm the consultant? And the medical people have this attitude that we are the medical people. This is the way it is. This is what we want. And the government are the whipping boys who are being put into, um, to bid their uh, their, um, their decisions. Well, about- this is
0: why I enjoyed it. I don't know whether you heard the show today. I spoke to Professor Paul Moyna, who's an um, I heard it, yes. I yeah, from Manatea University. And for yeah. the first time speaking to an expert, um, yep. I actually felt and myself and Alina were saying it afterwards he didn't try to undermine me what I was saying and and I was saying what I'm saying now he actually explained some of it and understood some of it and he disagreed yeah. with the government he said lockdowns don't work and but, he doesn't he doesn't believe they work he doesn't believe there's any there's any evidence to suggest they work and he was very logical in the way he explained everything he didn't try to go over my head he didn't try to undermine me when I when I maybe I got something wrong and he explained it and We don't have that anymore. We have two or three who are now turning into radio television stars, uh, epidemiologists and virologists and uh, immunologists, um, you know, who are almost being sponsored by uh, RTA at this stage. I mean, and they're like the Grim Reaper every night.
2: Every night. Yeah. Every night. You had had that guy on um, Glyn on um, Primetime other night and he was there and he was was getting this fired at him about what we're talking about now about the damage
0: that it's doing to the country. Well, I, was, I wasn't referring to him when I was talking to the other but go on, yeah.
2: Yeah, and uh, he, he was getting these questions fired at him. And he was as, he just as glib as you like. Well, well, well
0: again, he is the deputy chief medical officer, right? And here's the way it works. He gives his opinion on what's yep. going on, be it whatever trends he thinks uh, there are or whatever way he believes this is traveling on advice he's getting from other people in Neffit. And he gives that advice to the government. Now, it's entirely up to the government what they do with that advice. Correct. They can, the government then can look at it from a human point of view and say, OK, we accept that. But if we do that, we're going to affect other people's lives by doing this and business and the economy and everything else, which in turn... I, and, but they're not doing that. What they're doing is taking their advice for verbatim and just doing it every time.
1: Correct. Miles.
0: Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Angela.
1: Um, like, um, I suppose this is coming from my ignorance of, of a lot of us. So if you go to and you get a diagnosis and you don't kind of trust it in one way, you go, Do you know what, I'm going to look for a second and a third opinion. Can, can they not look at doing that? But this is what
0: country? I'm saying. We're, we're in a situation where Neffes, uh, this group of people, are a groupthink. So, in other words... There, there's only that group of people and I don't know you know, what their opinions because we all, we all see in society there are those who are terrified of COVID-19 and I, don't, yeah. I, I absolutely understand why if you were to watch the television in this country uh, particularly if you're watching RT on a daily basis you'd be absolutely horrified by the way they word everything and the way yeah. they sensationalise stories when you know they'll say something like an outbreak in a hospital it makes it sound like everybody's running around riddled with COVID when it's not it's actually one person who's a cleaner right? so yeah. what, what I'm saying is when they sensationalise the stories I'm not surprised that people are frightened. But yeah. but the point is, what we need to do, and this is what Mark Woolhouse is saying, and this is what Paul said today as well, is that we need to change that group of people. We need to change them regularly. And we need to put, and, and, and maybe look at abroad, talk to immunologists and virologists from the UK, from Switzerland, from Sweden, uh, their experience, because they did something different to us. Uh, now, by the way, everybody goes on about Sweden like uh, life is normal there. Life is not normal in Sweden. They do have health advice on the television. They're telling people to wash their hands, keep your social distance. They have cancelled large concerts and events, but they just haven't locked down the country and closed businesses. Yes. That's the difference.
2: Exactly. The thing about the doctors here and their, their attitude towards everything is it's their way or the highway. As far as they're concerned, this is the way it's got to be. They're on about like they're on about um, crashing this thing to zero, and that's fine. And you're the well, well, they're, and, they're uh, claiming
0: uh, that's not what they're heading for, but that looks like what they're heading for. Yeah. But they're saying it's not. So this is the whole contradiction of everything they're doing. it, the truth is they have no strategy, none.
2: No, they don't have. The, the point is exactly was going to say now. They don't have a strategy. The point is what they want to do is get zero cases, and lo and behold, that's I'm, impossible. I'm driving, that's an impossibility. Yeah, on Friday the fifteenth of September, it we will, will come out and say that there'll be no cases, there's no cases, and there's no deaths and there's no nothing, and then everybody's delighted with life, and then they'll open up the country, and then suddenly like New Zealand cases will start. Absolutely, all over
0: again. the and only the only countries in the world, as far as I know, and I think there's like eighteen countries in the world where there's been where there's no cases. And I, I get I need to check it now. I think it's a... I, th- I remember seeing a figure the other day. I could be wrong about the 18, but I know it's 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 only in double digits. It's only a small amount of countries, right? But they have never had cases. Yeah. So Because they're countries who are outliers, essentially. And, and they haven't had any. So there are... Well, give me a list there, Alina. I think there's a few countries in the world that have never had cases of COVID-19. Name
1: them out there so we can go there on <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. top. <We, laughs> yeah, so they've... Okay, so Helene is saying they've never reported any cases. Now, mind you, that doesn't mean they've never had any, but they've never actually reported any cases. Right? Yeah. I, I, give I, us I a name. Oh, give me. Pointed, she's going to give me a few examples here. We can all go on holidays. The Marshall Islands.
2: Oh, Jesus! Here we go.
0: Where? Where is he?
2: Yeah. Micronesia.
0: Where is Micronesia? Yeah, Where's Micronesia? <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea.
2: What else? I was about Samoa. To
0: say, oh, Samoa! To oh, Samoa? You, is that it? Not yeah. Tonga. Papua New
2: Guinea. Papua New say Guinea. Say oh, brown. yeah. All these little islands in the Pacific, a thousand miles away. But anywhere. that's what I'm saying.
0: So th- so they've never been affected by COVID in the first place. That's why they don't have the cases. So the point is, to try and achieve this no-cases or COVID-free Ireland is a fantasy. It's a complete yeah. fantasy. Because if we achieved it, let's just say we did achieve it. We sh- we're we not like New Zealand. We share a land border with Northern Ireland. So we would have to get Northern Ireland to agree with us. And they, in turn, would have to get the United Kingdom, well, mainland UK to agree with them because people travel back and forward to Belfast, Right. So mm-hmm. that's never going to happen in a million years, right? So as if we achieve the zero cases, as soon as one person comes into the country with COVID-19 and spreads it to three other people, it shuts off again. So Correct. It, so it's never, unless you clo- built a wall around the country, it's not going to happen.
2: Well, the point, the point being that the medical people have no plan B. They do not want a plan B. They do not. I don't give a shit what any of them say. And if I ever come face to face with any of them, I'd say to them, don't come on, 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 on TV or radio and say that you empathise with the Republicans and with all these businesses that are losing money and people are, are probably going to be forever out of work because of it. Do not empathise with them because you don't give a shit. Oh, by the no, way, okay,
0: so people are dying to know all these countries. By the way, North Korea is on that list. <laughs> <laughs> but mind you, most, most likely they've just never reported any in North Korea, right? It's my flight now. Yeah. Solomon <laughs> <laughs> um, Islands, um, Samoa, uh, Tonga, Palau, oh. uh, Tuvalu. I'm so mad because Barbados was on that at one stage. I was like, I'm off to
1: Barbados. It's beautiful. Oh, well, no wait, what there. about the
0: Federated States of Micronesia? Well, yeah. I have to say that just sounds dodgy, doesn't it? The Federated States of Micronesia. Okay, so the point is that these are these are all either <laughs> islands that are outliers, or else they're <laughs> countries where we don't actually believe they probably haven't reported cases, right? So the point yeah. the point I to make is it's an impossibility to achieve. Yeah. At the moment, with the virus globally, it's an impossibility to achieve this idea of having a zero COVID-free island. It's just impossible. Yeah,
2: impossibility. Of, Niall, Niall, a couple of weeks ago, four or five weeks ago, you had that unfortunate uh, lady, the uh, publican, who was in tears on the show. because
0: I, Deirdre, I think, wasn't was, was it? Deirdre, yeah. yeah.
2: And she said that they were organising, I hope she's listening, she may be very well.
0: Well, I, I think she's she'll be drowning in her organizing. tears tonight.
2: Yeah, I was hoping that, they, that something would come of them. They said they were organising vinters and the, the federation of, of all the, these pubs around the country were going were to head for Dublin and do like the farmers did, and start demanding some action. But there hasn't been. There, they
0: there haven't done it. I I, and I, I, I don't look. There was a there was one protest there last week, and to be honest with you. You know, I mean, I, I have absolutely agree with people's right to protest as long as you do it safely. Um, but there was one protest last week, but a lot of the stuff they were protesting for, personally, I wouldn't agree with. Now, mind you, I don't go and protest anyway, because I can't, because I'm a radio presenter. But mm. I, I do say to people that, you know, the, 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 you have a right to protest. Even currently at the moment, as long as you do it safely, you do have a right. Everybody has a right to protest. As long as, you, as I say, you do it, do it you know, safely. Uh, okay, let me just go to Louise. Louise, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Louise? Hi, Niall. Uh, Louise, I mean, do you accept the government's decisions at the moment? Do you believe they're making the right decisions on your behalf as a citizen
3: oh no i i, I think it's 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 um they're using a sledgehammer to crack enough like it's well actually,
0: Mary Lou MacDonald actually said that recently in Sinn Féin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: yeah it's it's yeah. completely over the top it's 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 really neurotic and and it's psychotic it's dreadful, and I don't have a telly so i don't i haven't been watching all of this r t e you know mm-hmm. so I don't know how terrified I'm meant to be and I see people hopping out of the way when I'm walking down the street and you know all that stuff um, pressing themselves up against a wall and I forget that they're watching RTE all the time and that's why they're like that and the whole thing is is completely out of hand at this stage it's absolutely dreadful really dreadful Anna,
0: Are you not frightened personally because I mean, you're listening to the radio obviously so you're hearing news on radio and stuff like that are you, are you frightened personally of catching COVID-19? No
3: not at all. Not at all. I'm, I'm, I'd be... Do you know what? If I got into a car and I've heard you mention the whole car thing, you know, and the, uh, the, the, the possibility of being in a car crash, I'd be more nervous of sitting in a car without a safety belt than I would be. COVID-19 doesn't concern me at all. I take my vitamin D. I take my vitamin C. I'm careful. I'm healthy. I eat well. I don't drink Red Bull. <laughs> you know, I take responsibility i take personal responsibility. That's so. a,
0: that's my can <laughs> of Red Bull beside me here. By the way, can I just mention it? <laughs> you obviously heard me saying that before, Louise. Yeah, I've done. Yeah, I've done. <laughs> Keeps me awake at night. Nice. Can, can I say
2: something there, Niall? Yeah, is here. Yeah, go ahead. You said you said on more than one occasion. What is the uh, what is the reasoning behind all this, and what have the government got to gain? The government have a lot to gain because they have for the first time probably since the foundation of the state they have their population under control there's nothing else talked about we're not talking about um, any other issues in government
0: yeah housing the housing crisis is just gone it's It's just vanished down the
2: pan by the way I'm sure
0: poor old Owen Murphy do you remember for the last two years poor old Owen Murphy was the subject of every news story because of the housing crisis I'm sure when COVID came along he probably just sneaked into the background and went thank God for that (laughs) There's you know, no way, because he, he's country just country. off.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. The country is paralysed with this and there is no and there's no two ways of putting it. There's, there's no, for good or evil, there's no... I, I don't, there's see, a,
0: I don't believe, like some conspiracy theorists out there, that there was a motive behind it. That, that, I, I haven't gone that far down it yet, right? But I don't believe there was a motive. I think what happened was, and I agree with what Mark Woolhouse said, who's a very uh, eminent professor, I agree with what he said is, at the start... Of course, everybody was frightened. We didn't know what this was. Here's a virus coming from China. It's going to kill thousands and thousands of people. Leo was up on the pulpit on RTE telling us us tens of thousands will die. And we were terrified. Lockdown, absolutely. We all agree with you. We're behind you 100% of the way. Woo. And then all of a sudden, the information starts coming out. And it's really not as dangerous as we thought. It is for certain vulnerable groups. So now we're saying protect those groups and leave the rest of us alone. But, that, simple, but, but the yeah, problem yeah. is they've gone too far now. So to do that, they would have to come out like Mark Woolhouse and say, we made a mistake. We got it wrong.
2: In March, in March. They're not now, going to do that. All, all, in March, all you ever heard was um, we, we have to have lockdown because we have to bend the curve. As he said all over the world, there's, there's going to be this uh, curve of, of um, cases. We have Flat, to flatten, flatten the curve. Bend, flatten the curve, yeah. Flatten the curve. And now they're not happy to flatten the curve. and just, and just No, they want to eliminate it now. They want to eliminate it. And they're not, they will not be happy
0: until they... they well, well to according them. to the best scientists in the world, that's an impossibility. It's an impossibility. Yes. And, but, but, an but, but for some reason, our scientists and Nefit believe that this seems to be the way forward. And, and it was interesting to watch a former member of the WHO was in uh, Australia. Helena actually sent me the story yesterday. Hold on, let's see if I can find it. Dr. David Navarro. He was a special envoy for the World Health Organization. Yep. And he is now advising the Australian government by saying, You are great, fair play to you. You just got in there really quick. You stopped it. You nipped it in the bud. Well done. But it's pointless. He's telling, he, well, not, he didn't actually use the word pointless. What he's saying is, you need to now look at Sweden and what they're doing. So he's telling them that this overreaction now that they're doing, which is locking down everything. They only had four cases there two weeks ago, and they locked down the whole region. He's said, like, this is it, not it the is. way to do it. You need to look talking, at Sweden.
2: Yeah, we are talking now at the end of August, right? And we, let, the, let it, there be no mistake about it, we are staring into the fucking abyss of one of the longest, most depressing winters. The way this country is, is, the way the government are treating the citizens, we are in for one long fucking six months ahead. Coming into winter time, coming into flu season, the whole lot. We are in, unless something changes and the, like we can talk day in and day out and we will do talk day in and day out about this the only way that we can change what's going on in this country and wake this government up is by action by the people because we can talk about it and we can demand this and demand that but we'll get nothing off the government the government are only a handful of guys in power who decide our, on our behalf on our behalf how we should live our lives this is not democracy in any shape or form.
0: But I mean, they say they're following the WHO, and yet if they're following the WHO, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing at the moment. Um, because, as I mentioned, I'm going to read this out here if you okay. So this is from the Australian News. Uh, Dr. David Nabarro, a special envoy with the World Health Organization, one of six, specialising in COVID-19 had plenty of praise for the New Zealand government and the New Zealand people for reacting quickly and without hesitation to the initial threat of COVID-19, but says that now we should be looking at two alternative methods of moving forward in our response to COVID-19. He says, uh, we wouldn't be remiss to model our future approach off what Sweden are doing right now.
2: Have you, can I ask So you everybody
0: know? was saying, oh, you can't go down the Swedish route, but now they're saying, let's go down the Swedish route.
2: Can I, can, I ask, can I ask you, Niall, as a matter of interest, because I wouldn't depend on RTE as far as I throw them, OK? And Pat Kenny, yeah, to a certain extent, the news talk. But have you, have you guys made any attempt to have a serious to get the likes of Donnelly, or Meath Martin, or will you Okay, well, I uh, okay. have a serious fucking. Um, okay, well, I, I,
0: okay, I, I will let my producer answer the question, <laughs> Answer the question now. G- bearing in mind, when Stephen Donnelly was the spokesperson for Health for Fina Fall,
1: couldn't get him off the air. We
0: couldn't get him off the air. Shut him up. Okay, yeah. so he was on the show. I don't know how many times, right? And we, at the time when he was declared then Minister of Health, we said, "Ooh, great! We have a good relationship with him because he's been on the air loads of times. He actually likes the show. Great, Helena." Many times have we emailed his office.
1: Well, before I say that, I'd like to go back to the beginning of the pandemic. And mm-hmm. say the amount of times we asked the Simon
0: Harris to the on. Then
1: Minister for Health Simon Harris. We ended come up actually on.
0: literally telling him to shove it up as ours.
1: We asked, I think, now I can be corrected, but it's in and around 27 times.
0: We have emails.
1: Yeah, that, 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 that is not I, I,
0: And by the way, I, it got to a point where Helena, in one of our more recent emails, said to his PA.
1: No, sorry, wait, this, that was for Simon Harris.
0: No, no, the more recent one you sent to, So for
1: Stephen Donnelly.
0: Yeah, you said, is I there have, actually any point?
1: Yeah, for Stephen Donnelly, I've asked, I would say, again, it's an approximate because I haven't looked through all my emails. I would say between 10 to 12 or 13 times since he became, maybe more, right. 15, 12, 10 to 15 times for Stephen Donnelly. And each time I get told he is too busy.
0: But yet he'll go on to a funny breakfast show.
2: Absolutely, on a local so, radio station. So, 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 yeah, so the problem
0: so. is, they don't want. He doesn't want to come on the show with me because he knows he's not going to get a list of questions where he might have prepared answers, or he knows. Well, he knows I'm gonna. He knows what I'm gonna ask him, and he doesn't have an answer for it. Well, I do,
2: I do, I do have one question, Niall, and you might be able to answer. It and yet. by the way, if you're I, listening, you know, Stephen, because
0: I know he listens to the show. By the way, if you're listening, Stephen, you're yeah, welcome yeah. to come yeah. on the air. I'd love you to come on the air, but go on. No, 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 no.
2: He's not welcome to come on the air. Tell time to get his fucking skinny ass on the air start asking some questions. Well, he, he from has from no
0: obligation question. to go on the air, but anyway, go on.
2: Well, maybe he does it now, because at the end of the day, you're a public broadcasting um, um, business. And he, he, in theory, I don't know. Again, everything is legal. He, you should be entitled, as much as RTE or any other station, to have... X amount of time with government ministers. Again, this is, I don't know, in law...
0: I, well, no, no, there's no law as I have to, but I would agree with you from a moral point of view, they should.
2: Yeah, and I, yeah. you know, at the end of the day... Oh, it's going out of my head. I, was going to, you just, I'm, I just, I don't get, I do not get why people are... Why is there not a test case in court by the publicans to test the case that they can be shut? Well, I've had this out before with you. Why, or oh, why are these people being being told that their businesses are are um, the government can shut them down this is communism at its best i really mean that
0: Louis, louise is there any part of you that believes that caution is the best way forward
3: um what what do you mean
0: i mean uh, what the Irish government are doing uh, if you look at every other country in europe is being overcautious I, do you believe uh, is there anything positive about that whatsoever
3: you mean closing the keeping Clo- pubs, pubs closed
0: closing down counties no,
3: no no i, I don 't think so at all i think um, I think the summer would have and i 'm no doctor or scientist, but I would have thought the summer was when everything should just be burst wide open, and then we we let it rip through, keeping the vulnerable. Protected and keeping them, you know, um, under wraps or whatever. Um, but let us get a mild version of it, or kind of an asymptomatic version of it, and we're done with it.
0: Let's see. So you're talking about kind of herd immunity.
3: I, I would, have, but in some. Well, way, I,
0: and by the way, if we were to ever consider that as human beings, and we have, by the way, herd immunity has helped us in the past to get through other viruses. We do have to protect those that are vulnerable whilst yeah, doing that. That's
3: what. I, but they said yeah. they, they're all. Vul- vulnerable people are always vulnerable, and they always have to take care. You know, no, no. like to be honest. Now, from the very beginning, I, 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 I was as, as nervous as any as anybody at the very, very beginning, way back in March. But I thought I was really suspicious after a few weeks because the government still they weren't saying anything at all about, as I was saying before, like vitamin D or whatever. I, I would have thought that was a great opportunity. Well,
0: absolutely. So, I, I, and by the way, I've started taking vitamin C every morning in the last kind of few months. Um, because I, and by the way, I'm not suggesting for a minute in case anyone thinks that I'm, I'm saying it's a cure for COVID-19. It certainly isn't. But it's um, certainly it helps to build your immune system to protect you against all viruses <laughs> and not just COVID-19. But to be fair, stay there for a second, Mar- I, I, Louise, if you can. I'm going to go to Margaret as well. Margaret, you're on Classic Kids. Hey are you doing, Margaret? Hi, Nile. How are you? Good. Do you believe the government are making the right decisions? You do.
4: I do, yeah. Oh. I do. I think it's very important that um, we listen to the experts um, as regards the medical uh, people, and they they give the information to the government, and
0: right. um, and hang on, Jeremy. The day, so then Margaret finish. Go ahead, Margaret. Sorry.
4: At the end of the day, like they're the people that know, uh, you know, are learning about the virus. We don't know anything about the virus at all, and like as I have said before, I'm one of these vulnerable people. But I do not want to be treated any different to you or anybody else that's on your show there tonight. When
0: you say you don't want to be treated different, what do you mean by that?
4: I don't. I don't want to be
0: treated different. But, no, but I, I would. I would, I would, but so I would ne- Margaret, I would never suggest you be treated differently. Why? Why? No. I, I, no I'm trying to it, understand the context of that. If you're no, a vulnerable it, person... No,
4: but to, but to look at me, and people have, have said to me, God, Margaret, there is no way that I put you at 63 you look like a woman that's only about forty-four or forty-five. Mm. There is no way that you would think that you have had lung cancer. You have a blockage in your heart, and I'm waiting to go into hospital, which I will be next month.
0: And and, and Margaret, and I I, and when I spoke to you today. before, I did say to you that you absolutely you know, have my empathy, you know, with the underlying conditions that you oh, have. But but Margaret, can I say this? You know, I'm not being mean to you or disrespectful.
4: Else's problems.
0: Yeah, but, but that's, that's what I'm saying. The yeah. main
4: issue is here is that, that there are loads of people out there. And I guarantee you, and mark my words within the next week, that mm-hmm. Dublin City will be in lockdown. And I'm telling you that now.
2: And I am very agree? sure that you, Dublin City all,
4: is going to go into that lockdown.
2: That are you all for that, Martin? Would you agree that Dublin City should be locked lockdown?
4: No, because be, I don't agree with it. Well, then, then you're now, not
0: agreeing that the government are making the right decisions. I thought you but said you were happy with
4: it. I agree that we have to listen to the experts.
0: But, mm-hmm. would you, but would you not agree, Margaret, that there are many experts around the world, not just here in Ireland, who disagree with what the Irish government are doing? Look, you
4: said, Niall, which I didn't know, that every other country it, in that has COVID-19, uh, all the pubs are still open, all the businesses are still open. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, well, then Ireland should open the doors to public. Well, then your, uh, your, your argument,
2: is, your argument is, is, Margaret, with all due respect, you are making a complete U-turn on your argument. You have, no, open no, line tonight, no, open line no, two minutes ago no, no,
4: hold on. What I'm saying is that we should listen to the experts. But if we listen, the did I Margaret. didn't say that we agree with the experts...
3: But they're wheeling on, they're, they're, they're huh? wheeling on their own experts, you well, know, you th- and about? only certain experts are allowed on and others are booted off. Like Dolores Cahill is an extraordinary woman, absolutely highly qualified, incredible professor of um, immunology or whatever it is she is. She is not allowed you know? anywhere on the airwaves.
0: No, well, she did, we interviewed her.
3: Extraordinary, that woman.
0: Well, again, we, inter- we interviewed her going back about a month or two ago.
3: Yeah, yeah. But she mm. but she's yeah. always saying, Look, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I am wrong i I'll be I'm so happy to come. I up. mean there are,
0: there's a lot of things that I, I agree with with Dolores and there's a lot of things I disagree with. Equally, by the way, when it comes to say Luke O'Neill or <clears throat> Sam McConkey, there's a lot of things I agree with and a lot of things I disagree with.
3: But not having her yeah. on she is an expert you see that's what i'm saying to margaret they have they have their prescribed experts and they're wheeling on the same expert so-called well they are experts but well, you can't be an expert well, and agree with the, go- the government you, you can't be an expert and have a different line
4: that's, well that's unfortunately you know American. we're the people who voted in the donkeys <laughs> you know as i say the golfers No, the donkeys, the fucking government, and I don't course that often, but I'm telling you one thing, I'm doing it tonight, I am sick to the teeth of the three of them.
0: Well, listen, Margaret, I, I have to wrap it up. But listen, I, I would hope to think that you would never be treated or anybody in a vulnerable group, be it elderly or those with underlying conditions, never be treated any differently. All I'm saying is, and I think the point Louise is making about, say, herd immunity, if that's the case, and we have to go down that route because we don't have a vaccine or we don't have a vaccine in the future, is that we should, whilst doing that, protect the vulnerable groups. So if that, if that means, I'm not suggesting having restrictions, but well, giving advice to vulnerable groups to, you know, at certain periods that maybe during the winter or during certain seasons that they should avoid going to the supermarkets at certain times or stay at home. Yeah, well, then yeah. so be it. It's not treating you differently. It's just giving you advice for in the best interest of your health.
4: I agree with you on that one, Niall. I think that like, the supermarkets uh, should give, we'll say, let it be... Uh, would say Friday I for two go, hours. I, yeah, I, I I don't get up too early because <laughs> I. So Friday I,
0: Friday say from twelve to one or something like that, or or Thursday from twelve to one for people over the age of sixty five. I get it, I get it, I get what you're saying, Margaret. There should be more consideration for people who are in vulnerable situations, not just elderly. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan show.
1: Classic hits.